In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you found your place in verse number 13, I would invite you to stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word. I'll read this one verse of scripture, do my best with God's help to give you what the book says. The Bible says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Let's go, Lord, in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord. I thank you for what you've done in my heart already in this service. Lord, thank you for blessing us tonight. God, you've been so good to us, and Lord, have my heart stirred. I pray, God, for a little while tonight you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, help me to say the things that I need to say. And I need to say them, Lord. Lord, you know my heart. I, I'm, I'm nervous, and uh, we got a lot of family and friends here tonight. But, Lord, I, I, I'm thankful they're here, Lord, but I don't want them to stand in the way of me preaching. And, God, I pray you give me holy boldness to preach. Thus saith the word of God, and I pray you'd be exalted in it. Lord, help us not to see me, but, Lord, I pray to hear you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for standing to reverence uh, the Word of God. And I told you before we read the text tonight that we could really, what we're really preaching on is spiritual baptism. But if I could give it a big fancy title, I would call it the most important baptism. And uh, there's a lot of baptisms mentioned in the Bible. And uh, y'all may judge me for this, but I heard a preacher friend tell me the other day there's seven baptisms in the Bible. I don't know all seven of them. I can focus on really three. Uh, in the realm of the spiritual world, uh, fire baptism is judgment. There, there is a group. There's a group of uh, in Christendom today. They pray for fire baptism. They say, uh, "Baptize us with Father, Lord." Listen to him. You know what that that prayer is? That's saying, "Lord, send me to hell." So we don't pray for fire baptism, amen? And then we know what water baptism, we'll talk about it here a little bit in a minute, but uh, this baptism is the baptism that makes a difference in eternity. Should believers be baptized with water? Yes. It's scriptural, it is commanded, the Lord Jesus instituted it. But will water bapti- does water baptism determine whether or not someone goes to heaven or not? No, it does not. But spiritual baptism does. Now I will take the time to say before we jump into it tonight, there are a lot of opinions in modern Christendom about what spiritual baptism is. And spiritual baptism is not speaking in an unknown tongue. A spiritual baptism is not a letting off the chant, I bought a Honda, but I should have bought a Toyota. Somebody say amen. That's not what it is. A spiritual baptism is not tongues or prophetic gifts or signs and wonders. A spiritual baptism is being born into the family of God. So we look tonight quickly at spiritual baptism. Let's look again at verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Here we find Paul writing to the church of Corinth, and he's talking, Brother Thomas, about the body and the many members that make up the uh, the body of Christ. We're not all heads, we're not all necks, we're not all arms, we're not all feet, we're not all toes. But, but Brother Trey, if we're in the family of God, that's all that matters. Amen. And then Paul here in verse 13 tells us how uh, to become part of the body. That's the first thing I want to notice, that how to become part of the body. How do you get into the body? We must point out that there are two things, very important things to highlight light when we look at this part of verse number 13. There are two important things. Number one, the Spirit, the one Spirit, is the Holy Spirit of God. 
Now, I, I can't speak for everybody, but uh, I, I'm just going to say it. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't think capitalizations mean anything in the Bible, but if your Bible is a lowercase s spirit right there, you need to get a new one. Somebody say amen. Uh, in Genesis 1, 26, when it says, Let the Spirit of God move, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. It wasn't just any spirit. It was the Spirit of God. So you get a capital S. Here, Paul writes not about some spirit. He speaks of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So that's key to understand spiritual baptism. It is the Holy Spirit of God. The other important note we must point out here is this one body is a spiritual body. A spiritual body, not a local body. Now, I, I'm just going to shoot in the dark here. I, I, not everybody's going to know the terminology that I'm about to say, and I wish I didn't know it all right. There are some people who believe that the Holy Ghost puts you into a local body, and that local body, that what, what, but Silas, the long and short, their doctrine is they're brighters. If you're not baptized by a Baptist, you're not in the bride of Christ. You don't find that in the Bible anyway. But when you get baptized, you're not baptized spiritually into a local body. You're baptized into the universal body or the mystic body, the body of Christ as a whole. And, Brother Bill, that's a, that body of Christ, it doesn't speak just of 2024. It doesn't just speak of Baptists. It doesn't just speak of Southerners. It speaks of all people everywhere who have trusted in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the one spirit is the Holy Spirit. This one body is the spiritual body of Christ, not a local church. Corner Baptist is a local church, uh, but when you get baptized by the Holy Ghost, you get baptized into the spiritual church, the body of Christ. And when we address those two facts, there's two important questions we have to ask ourselves. How does an individual get into the body of Christ? How does an individual get into the family of God? According to our text, an individual joins the spiritual body by baptism. Then we have to ask the question, Brother Trevor, which baptism gets you into the family of God? Spiritual baptism puts you into the family of God. It puts a person into Christ. And can I say it this way? Water baptism may put you into a church, but spiritual baptism puts you in the church. And there are a lot of people that they have their, uh, have their doctrines mixed up. And like I said, I, I can't speak for everybody. I don't know where everybody here goes to church, what everybody believes. But I can't, I can't really care about what everybody else believes. i got to tell you what the Bible says. Is that okay? Uh, hey, man, i got, I just got to tell you the truth, all right? And I'm going to do the best that I can. Spiritual baptism, not water baptism. Spiritual baptism is what puts a person into the family of God. Not water baptism, spiritual baptism. Being saved by the grace of God, saved by grace through faith, puts a person into the body of Christ. There are many people today that are so, uh, maybe they're well-meaning, but they are so far off. And, and you say, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? Some people take Mark 16, 16, and they'll have the wrong interpretation of baptism. And Brother Thomas, when they take that wrong interpretation of baptism, you get wrong doctrine. You say, what do you mean? Uh, it's uh, the Great Commission, according to Mark chapter number 16, and talks about uh, believing and be baptized. Yeah, right. Believing and be baptized and be saved. You say, oh, you got to be baptized to be saved. No. No. The very next thing Jesus says, but if you believe not. Yeah. He didn't say if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. He said if you don't believe, you're not That's saved. Right. I think it's, there's two ways to look at it. When a believer gets saved, they will follow the Lord and believe His baptism. But when you do believe, that's when you get spiritually birthed into the family of God. That spirit, listen, please, if you don't take anything else away, you may cut me off for the rest of the service tonight, but I need you to hear me and hear me good. Only God can create new birth. Yes, that's right. 
the water of a baptistry pool, Brother Travis, or the uh, waters of an ocean, or a pool, or a lake, or a pond, or a creek, or, or even your fancy water. It cannot put you into the family of God. Water cannot put you in the family of God. Now, I need you to hear me tonight. It is spiritual baptism that puts you in the family of God. Because if water could save you, Jesus Christ died in vain. He died in vain. I got Can I slow down a minute, do a little teaching tonight? I, like I said, I know we got a lot of visitors, but hey, uh, this is what you signed up for, all right? And you're getting what you paid for, okay? Uh, allowing the context of a text to find words is a great hermeneutic principle that we must use to understand and to interpret the Bible. We, if we take a word in our everyday modern vernacular and say, that's what the Bible must have meant. Here's a good example. We say the word, despi- I despise you. We say, I hate you. But Silas, Paul is not telling Timothy, don't let them hate you. Despising biblical days meant think less of. He didn't want them to think less of Timothy because you not hate Timothy because of his youth. Now, we're all on the same page. We've got to let the context define words, all right? Salvation in the Bible is not always eternal. You say, oh, yeah, it is, yeah, it is, all right? Matthew 14, 30, Peter cried, Lord, save me. Did he get eternal life or did he get pulled from the water? He got pulled from water. That is temporal salvation. That is physical salvation. So if we recognize that salvation is not always eternal, sometimes it is etern- uh, uh, temporal, sometimes it is etern- uh, spiritual, sometimes it is physical. So we must recognize that saved isn't always eternal and isn't always spiritual. And it ter- Right? The same can be said of baptism. Baptism is not always water. It's not always water. A lot of, a lot of uh, false doctrines come out of Acts chapter number 2. Uh, some people say that you got to be water baptized according to Acts chapter 2. Some people say you got to run around like talk like a chicken with its head cut off. Amen. And that's, it doesn't find that anywhere in Acts chapter number 2. Uh, repent and be baptized. It's not about water. You got to be spiritually baptized before you are water baptized. You got to be spiritually baptized before you physically baptized. You got to be uh, baptized eternally before you can baptize temporally or physically. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. Baptism's not always water. If baptism is always recognized as water, false doctrine will ensue. And I got to say this one more time. Water baptism does not put a person into the family of God. I don't care if you're 50 and you get baptized or you're 40 or 30 or 20 or 10 or eight days old or eight months old or eight weeks old. It doesn't matter. Water does not put you into the family of God. Only Jesus can do that. Y'all with me? Amen. If, and you say, well, I'm not sure. I don't believe. I, I, I believe a little different. But if you believe, if I believe water, Uncle Steve, if I believe water got people in the family of God, you know what I'd do? I would, I would, y'all would never see me. I wouldn't be here. If water saved everybody, I'd run around with a kiddie pool and I'd drink, I would dunk people all day, every day. But water don't save people. See, and instead of running around with a kiddie pool dunking people, uh, we run around trying to tell people that if they'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they should be saved. Right, right. Amen. Amen. What? Let me say this. I got to hurry. Water baptism is for the saved, but water baptism does not make one saved. Water baptism is a testimony of salvation. It is not the source of salvation. Uh, I asked Tanner last uh, Sunday afternoon, and uh, I I was pretty proud, pretty proud when with his answer. I I wish more uh, mature. People could answer this. I said, Tanner, he said, Dad, I need to be baptized. And I said, why do you need to be baptized? He said, as a testimony to tell, tell the world that I've been saved. Amen. 
It's a testimony. I, I, I can hear, that, hear this ingrained in my head. Uncle Steve, somewhere along Faith Missionary Baptist Church, somebody said this and it stuck in my little child brain. But water baptism is an outward expression of an inward experience. Something happened on the inside, so something happened on the outside. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Water baptism doesn't put you in the family of God. Spiritual baptism puts you into the family of God. How do you get in the family of God? How do you become part of the body? And like I said, I don't know your heart. I don't know who's saved, who's not saved. So I'm going to preach the gospel while I'm here. All right? Believing on Jesus Christ equals salvation. And salvation is synonymous with spiritual baptism. I I want to quickly read an account out of John chapter 3. You're familiar with with John chapter 3, one of the greatest chapters in the entirety of the Word of God. But John chapter 3, verse 3 through 7 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Got to be born again. How do you get born again? So the Bible is going to tell us, how do you get born again? Jesus is going to tell us what about getting born again. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was thinking something physical. And that's the problem. People keep thinking physical. Brother Trey, it's nothing in the physical realm. It's in the spiritual realm. You don't need to be reborn of your mother. You need to be born again of God. That is not a physical thing. That is a spiritual thing. There is the distinction. The physical won't get you into heaven, but the spiritual will get you into heaven. How are y'all hearing me tonight? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You say, Brother Jacob, that verse said you've got to be born of water uh, to get into the family of God. It says water and Spirit. Now, I'm not real smart, but I, I, I need some audience participation here tonight. Y'all ready? When a woman goes into labor, what breaks? Her water. When it speaks of being born of water, it's a representation of the physical birth. You, to be saved, you must first be physically born, and then you must be born of a spirit. That is the, the first birth is that water, is that when the water breaks. And when a child comes, that's, a, that's the first birth. But the second birth is being born again. That is the spiritual birth. My first birth, my mama tells me about. My second birth, I can tell my mama about. Y'all hear me tonight? Uh, we, it's not the, the physical don't get you in heaven. The spiritual gets you to heaven. Amen. Come on. Jesus continued to say to Nicodemus, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. You say, well, I don't need to be born again. Nicodemus is probably one of the most well-received, most morally correct people in the time of the Bible. He was a Pharisee, a Pharisee, a ruler of rulers, Sister Kathy, and Jesus Christ said that he needed to be born again. And i got to point this out quick then. i got to move on. I need to I need to know something. I I I need to note something here. There's a lot of people who get upset about the these and the thous and the yous and the ye yees and the King James Bible. I just need to point this out, and uh, it, it's not going to change the message anyway, shape or form. But you got to have the you, the ye, and the thee and the thou. You have to. You say why? Because if you t- if you make it thou, it's singular. Thee is plural. You is singular. Ye is plural. Jesus, Brother Silas, God was te- Jesus was telling Nicodemus he needed to be born again, but he wasn't just saying Nicodemus needed to be born again. He was telling everybody Amen. they needed to be born again. Y'all with me tonight? How to, beco- how to become part of the body of God, the body of Christ. How do you become part of the body? You must be spiritually baptized. You must be saved. Number two, and lastly tonight, now we see uh, uh, how to become part of the body. Lastly tonight, we see who can become part of the body. Look at, look at verse 13. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. We notice how to become part of the body, but here we ask the question, 
Who can become part of the body? The Bible says whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all to drink into one spirit. One spirit. You say, Brother Jake, why did, why did God by why did the Holy Spirit of God help Paul write just Jews and Gentiles? That doesn't seem like it includes a whole lot of people. There's only three classes of people in the Word of God, according to God. There's only three types of people on the face of the planet. He said, no, 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 there's more. There's three. According to the Word of God, Jew, Gentile, and Church of the Living God. That's the only three classes of people on planet Earth, Brother Trey. And he's talking to people who are Jews and Gentiles about getting into the family of God. And when, they, when a Jew gets saved, they become part of the church of God. When a Gentile gets saved, they become part of the church of God. So it's all inclusive. The Jew and Gentile, can be, that, that's everybody who's not saved. They can be saved, all right? Jews can be saved. Gentiles can be saved. But notice it says, whether we'll be bond or free. Now this is not probably not going to be the most palatable thing I'll say tonight, but i got to say it. This is say, slaves could be saved. And he says, bond or free, free men could be saved. You say, Brother Jacob, what are you talking about? Why would Paul, by inspiration of God, talk about slaves and free men, but them being saved, why does that matter? Well, it's just as Jew and Gentile encompasses all the people of the earth, bond and free encompasses all the people of the earth. Slaves are uh, not of their own merit, but they are the basis of the social structure. And, and uh, the free, the rich, that they are the top end of the spectrum. You say, why are you saying that God is just saying, Brother David, all people of all their, they can be saved whether they're bound or whether they're free, whether they're masters, whether they're slaves. Everybody can be saved. Gentiles can be saved, uh, Jews can be saved, slaves can be saved, freemen can be saved. Using these en- uh, encompassing religious and societal designations illustrates that everybody can be saved. Right now, my uh, coroner's heard me say this before, and some of y'all probably happened before, but uh, I, I just got to say it, all right? I, it's just something I do periodically. You just got to, to go off the roll with me, all right? Everybody can be saved. Attractive people can be saved. Unattractive people can be saved. I thought it would be ugly if I put the word ugly in my notes, by the way. Attractive people can be saved. Unattractive people can be saved. Intelligent people can be saved. Unintelligent people can be saved. Young people can be saved. Old people can be saved. Tall people can be saved. Short people can be saved. Fat people can be saved. Skinny people can be saved. Rich people can be saved. Poor people can be saved. What are you trying to say? Everybody, everywhere can be saved. Everybody can be saved. I'm too attractive. No, there's nobody too attractive. I'm too ugly. There's nobody too ugly that doesn't need to be saved. There's nobody too big or too little, too fat, too skinny. There's nobody too tall or too short that doesn't need to save everybody everywhere, regardless of what you look like, which side of the tracks it came from. You need a Savior. If you got one, you rejoice. If you haven't found one, you run to Him and put your faith and trust in Him, and He'll change your life forever. If you never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved. I want to close tonight with three verses of Scripture. Same chapter, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Who can become part of, the, part of the body? You know these verses. Most of you can probably quote these verses. But i got to give them. That's what God told me to do, so I'm going to do it. I ain't trying to please you. I'm trying to please Him, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't claim to be a real educated person but I do know enough to know that whosoever means whosoever. 
All means all. Anybody, anywhere. It doesn't matter what the demographic is. It doesn't matter which gender you are. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter your 401k. It doesn't matter your FICO score. It doesn't matter anything at all. But what matters is, is there was a Savior who came, lived a perfect sinless life. He died on an old rugged cross, and He rose again from the grave for our justification. So anybody, anywhere, put their faith in Him as the Lord of glory, and they will be saved. I find myself here lately, Brother Trevor, getting myself in trouble because I found, I found out in recent years that some people preach the gospel contrary to the way Jesus preached it. Yes. And inadvertently, somewhere along the way, I picked up some terms and some, some, uh, some expressions, some phrases. Brother Bill, I said it at Manor Lake today. I don't want to preach it like that crowd does or that crowd does or that preacher does. I want to preach it like Jesus does right. and Paul does. And Peter does. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? If we preach what the Bible, we preach what the Bible says, that'll get the job done. If it worked for Jesus, let's take time out. I don't care what the conference says about it. I don't care what the association says about it. Or the convention says about it. What's the best way to get men to God? Jesus provided the best way. If you'll believe, you shall be saved. You with me? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. But I have everlasting life. We don't find anything here about speaking in tongues. We don't find anything here about having apostolic gifts. We don't find anything here about communion. We don't find anything here about the Lord's Supper. We don't find anything here about giving. We don't find anything here about charity. We don't find anything in here about being dunked in water. We don't find anything here about being sprinkled with water. Y'all hearing me tonight? We don't find about anything about good works. Hey, Brother Trey, how do you get saved? You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Wow, wow, I mean, he, this, Jesus is telling Nicodemus by night, and he said, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yes. Here it is, here it is. He said, I don't need a Savior. I don't need a Savior. Well, Jesus got you. He's taking that excuse away. Amen. He that believeth on him is not condemned. So if you believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior, Brother Silas, you're not condemned. Aren't you glad you're not condemned? There is no condemnation. There is no fear in my life that I'm going to hell. There's nothing the devil can do about it. There's nothing the world can do about it. I've been set free from my sin. I've been, praise God, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Y'all hear me tonight? Uh, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But listen, listen. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Um, Because he hath not believed. Why is somebody condemned? Because they have not believed in the name of of the only begotten Son. Yes. Brother George, it didn't say anything they're condemned because they're a bad person. No. It didn't say anything about them being condemned because they didn't do this or they didn't do that. The reason they're condemned is because they have not believed. So who can become part of the family of God? Who can become part of the body of Christ? Anybody, anywhere. And we already asked, how do you do it? Spiritual baptism. You've got to be saved. That's right. So if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you can be. That's right. You 100% can be. It's not about being wealthy. It's not about being smart. It's not about being attractive. not about being in good shape or in bad. It's not about that at all. But if you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. I just recently finished writing a Bible track. Church, they're coming soon. Amen. I'm excited about my own Bible track. I'm fired up about it, by the way. And, uh, but that's a different message for a different day. Uh, but I close out the Bible track the Lord gave me and, and encouraged me to write. Touched my heart to write. And... Uh, there was a man in the Bible. I said, I close out the track, and I said, I'm going to close out the message tonight. There was a man in the Bible who, want, who, who, want, who asked the question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, the inspired writer could have wrote anything that God told him to write, but God didn't tell him to write it, just any old thing. That's right. They asked, what must I do to be saved? 
Brother George, in, God could have said whatever the answer was. God could, have, Brother David, nowhere else in the Word of God is that is that question asked the exact same way as it's asked there in Acts chapter sixteen, verse thirty. Yeah. Verse thirty-one. You know what they tell him? What the answer? How do you get in the family of God? This is a man about to take his life. A jailer. They said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." Yes. Guess what? It's that easy. There are some, I'm going to get in trouble here. There are some who claim to, uh, that they, that some, they say some people make salvation too hard. Um, some say, well, they make salvation too easy. Well, I'll say the people that they say are trying to make it too easy are still making it too hard. That's right. Oh, they're easy. I don't even like the word. So you're easy believers. And I know what they're trying to say. What they're trying to say is there is this outfit in the world that try, they're used card salesman evangelist. You better leave here with this deal. It might not get it again. Well, Trey, that's not in the Bible, by the way. I don't like the term. I don't, I, it, so it's just semantics. No, it's wrong. Terming. Easy believism, that term, is, it's easy faith. And Jesus said, you know how you get saved? Believe. Peter said you get saved by belief. Paul said you get saved by belief. So how do you get saved? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. I'm going to ask Miss Macy to come. She goes place a verse of invitation tonight. I don't know anybody's heart. If nobody comes, we'll move forward uh, with a baptismal service. But I've, I've done my part to follow the Lord tonight.